Welcome to Coogan Knows the Law, where we untangle the knots of complicated legal questions and break down legalese into plain English. I'm attorney Jim Coogan. Today's question is, what are the types of legal fees? So we're going to break that down a little bit by explaining what hourly fees are, and then we'll talk about contingency fees. The third thing we'll talk about is something called a flat fee. And then lastly, we'll talk about legal expenses, because they are different from fees. But first, this episode is brought to you by the law firm of Coogan Gallagher, where we specialize in working on civil cases. And we can certainly talk to you about your case and describe and explain how the fees work. But really, the fees are hardly the most important part. The most important thing is, what is the case and how is it that we could help you? So call us at 312-782-7482 or look for us on the web, cgtrial.com. Professional attorneys who have earned their law degree, they've developed a legal practice, they have experience and worked to become the attorneys that they are in their field, they need to get paid for their work, just like any other professional. And you may hear about how people don't pay for a public defender, or you may have questions about who pays for lawyers that work for the government, for the state's attorney's office, or for the mayor's office, or for the federal government, for the U.S. attorneys in the Department of Justice. But ultimately, those people are paid for their time as well. They're professionals. I mean, you really wouldn't expect them to be any good at their job if they weren't earning some kind of fee for their work. But those people are employed by the government whichever government entity that they work for. But they're still certainly paid, even if, again, in the example of a public defender, that client isn't expected to pay for them because they're indigent and don't have the means, that person still has to get paid or they couldn't pay for their own rent, their own mortgage, their own transportation, food, clothing, etc. It's their job and they worked hard to get there. In any of these jobs, take a whole lot of specialized education, but then it's the training and the experience on the job that are really complicated. These are complicated matters, even if maybe sometimes at first blush they may not seem that way. There are a lot of important responsibilities that an attorney has that lots of other professions don't have, and we're obligated to be able to help people and abide by specialized ethical rules, whether we're working for the government or for an individual client. So besides government attorneys, individual lawyers are paid by attorney's fees. They work for private practice, small firms, big firms, medium-sized firms. They get paid for their work. The client pays them in some fashion, whether it's through one of the types of fee structures that we'll talk about today, and the attorneys take home whatever they take home to pay for their lives. And there's one other category that we haven't really touched on, which would be specialized attorneys who work directly for a company. In the business, we call them in-house lawyers, meaning that they're employed by Google or, I guess, Alphabet or Meta or Uber or any other big corporation, as well as smaller corporations who have lawyers who, again, they're not a retainer. They're actually just working for the company. And of course, that brings up some special responsibilities that they have when they're working for a corporation like that. But lawyers like that are just going to be paid like any other employee with some kind of a salary structure. So let's get to the first of our different types of attorney's fees. And those are the classic hourly fee. Most people are familiar with this because they hear about a billable hour or they know about a retainer that has to be paid to a particular lawyer before the lawyer can work on the case. And if it is a retainer, that lawyer is going to get that five, ten thousand dollars up front and then they'll charge their hourly rate and get credit from whatever that retainer was. 
but it's a fairly easy thing to understand. It's one of the most classic billing structures in the law. It's a reflection of the fact that a lawyer's time is really what they have for you. Each hour of time that you're paying for is the culmination of a number of years of experience, whether it's 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of experience, as well as their education and their ability to find information because they don't necessarily know every single thing it is that you want them to know at the beginning. There may be particular things about your case that require some research. That's also part of their job. Lawyers are expert researchers, not just researching cases, but researching laws, researching rules, looking around, using all the different types of resources that we have these days to find information to be able to help you, to counsel you, to walk you through whatever that problem is. One of the biggest flaws with these kinds of fees are that it doesn't directly relate to the client's interests. In other words, if the lawyer works an extra two hours on something and the client may not even feel if that was necessary, you sort of end up in an unfortunate situation where the client doesn't want the lawyer to do more work. The lawyer might think that they have to because it's just necessary. But now you're pulling in different directions and it can lead to frustration. It's one of the challenges of billing by the hour where lawyers have to cut some of their hours because of a dispute between the client about the fees or some other accommodations need to be made. But ultimately, it is the lawyer's time that the client is paying for, no matter what the fee structure. So that brings us to our second type, the contingency fee. This is one of the most common fees in cases involving consumers. These kind of fees are applied in work injury cases for workers' compensation cases. Our law firm, Coogan Gallagher, represents people who have been injured at work, and we charge a contingent fee in those cases. Essentially, it means that there's no upfront payment, there's no upfront fee, there's no retainer, and the client isn't paying for the hours that the attorney worked by the hour. Instead, the attorney gets paid when the case is over. They get paid a set percentage of the total that was known at the time that the client hired the attorney. And that contingent fee, the word contingent, refers to the fact that it's contingent upon succeeding in the case that the lawyer is only going to get that fee and has completed the process when the whole thing has ended, when the case has been settled or there's a verdict, and when there's actually money being paid for that person's injuries. It's very similar to the other type of contingent fee structure that our law firm has, which is for injury cases. Essentially, it's the same idea, but the percentages are often a little bit different for a variety of reasons. That's certainly something that you can get into greater detail if and when you're talking to an attorney about hiring them. You want to find out specifics about what might go into that, what the percentage is, and ultimately, the number, that percentage, is going to fluctuate based upon the complexity of the situation. And it's an agreement that's made between the parties, between the attorney and their client. One of the positives about a contingent fee is that it really puts the client's interest in line with the attorney's interests. The simplest way to think about that is, the more the case settles for, the more the attorney's fee is going to be. So if you're wondering as a client, gee, I wonder if my attorney is going to hold out for the best offer, it's a lot easier to believe that they really are trying to get the highest number possible when it directly influences what their attorney's fee is going to be. And at some level, it also means that the client knows that the attorney is focused on the result because it really doesn't matter how much more time goes into the case or how many hours could be billed. That's not really important. That doesn't make any difference. Instead, the attorney's focused on one very specific thing. What's going to get us to the point where we get that highest possible offer, get the highest possible verdict, and how do we find the most direct route to that? So it promotes efficiency. And it's really important for consumer type cases. Again, this also applies to disability cases, and it can apply to some other types of cases. 
It's critical in those cases because the person seeking the legal representation is often in a very compromised financial position. That person was just hit by a car or they just got knocked off of a ladder at work. They're already hurt. They're worried about medical bills. They're not entirely sure about how much time they're going to miss from work, what that's going to do to their finances. Do they have enough money in the bank? The last thing that somebody in that position should be worried about is how do I pay a lawyer or retainer in order to hire them just to protect my rights? Because injured people in those situations, more than anything, it's about getting that person, the right person, the right attorney involved at the right time as early as they can in the process to make sure that things aren't being lost. They're your rights. It's your ability to protect yourself. So needing to pay that lawyer an upfront fee could stop them from hiring an attorney altogether. And then they're going to lose doubly. Not only are they injured, they're missing work. Maybe they can't go back to that job and they can't even hire someone to help them. Let's turn to the third kind of fee, a flat fee. This is also a situation where it puts the interests of the client a little bit in line with those of the attorney because the client doesn't have to worry about the lawyer just running up the bill, spending a whole lot of hours working on the case. There's already an agreement of a flat fee right up front. These are very common in residential transactions where the buyer or the seller of real estate is paying an attorney's fee and it's a fixed fee. It's a flat number. So the lawyer can work on the case all they want to, but they're only going to earn that fee, which of course likely means that they're only going to work on it as much as is actually necessary. And it helps the client because they know with certainty how much it is they're actually paying. There's no surprises and there's no real controversy because it was all agreed to at the beginning. These are also very common in other types of consumer attorney representation, like with a probate attorney or a state planning attorney, where someone needs a will done or a trust document created, or some other simple types of transactional things, where there's not a whole lot of reinventing the wheel. There's not new research that's really going to be required. The forms are very straightforward. The information gathering is pretty standard. And then once it's done, the lawyer can also have a pretty good sense of, this is only going to take me an hour or two or three. So here's the flat fee so that you have some certainty on your end of it. And there's one other wrinkle to all these things, the fourth piece of our puzzle for today, which is legal expenses. Now, this is a bigger topic that may be the subject of another show, but there are legal expenses that go along with legal representation. And from the consumer side, from the client side, the distinction may not make a whole lot of difference. But from the attorney side, it's actually very important. See, the fees that attorneys charge are for our time. The expenses are things like filing fees or to pay for a court reporter or to pay an investigator to go out and take some pictures of a scene or to gather witness statements or for an expert witness or for trial costs to put on some kind of interesting exhibit that illustrates something for the jury. Those are expenses. So they're really out-of-pocket costs. They're not really for the attorney's time and they're separate from those fees. And this, of course, is one of those things that drives people crazy and they think that lawyers are just coming up with more ways to charge them. But at the end of the day, those can be critical expenses that need to be spent if the case is going to be as effective and as strong as possible. Which brings us to our closing argument. Today, we've talked about three different types of fees. Attorneys can charge fees by the hour, they can charge a contingent fee, or they can do a flat fee structure. And all these fees are aimed at paying the lawyer for their time and for their experience. One of America's greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln, who was also a practicing attorney before he became president, once said, a lawyer's time and advice are his stock and trade. And that's the truth, because you're not paying a lawyer to create a product for you. They're not going to do a build out. They're not making something tangible. Instead, 
They're giving you the benefit of their experience, their knowledge, their creativity, and their problem-solving skills, so that when you have to hire an attorney, that lawyer is going to strategize towards finding solutions for your case. And if you do want to consult with an attorney about a civil case, and particularly injury cases, you should be contacting us here at Coogan Gallagher. You can call us at 312-782-7482 or find us at cgtrial.com. I'm your host, Jim Coogan, and this has been Coogan Knows the Law. And lastly, this podcast was produced by Ear 4 Audio. That's Ear the number 4 Audio.